This is morbidity and mortality analysis for case 001. Shepherd the dead. Ugh. I'm sorry, Master, but I don't think we need these flashy titles for your cases. I'm sure it's just an affect, but I... It doesn't matter. This is Idam Masva reporting. I would like to start by making some requests. The sound of your audio device is a little loud. Could you maybe speak up during your recordings or perhaps cover the machine with a blanket to muffle the sound? I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying and I imagine that any students who are listening are going to have the same difficulty. Thank you. Also, and they can't blame you for this since you're obviously very tired and overworked, but I would appreciate some consistency on your time signatures. These recordings will be entered into the archives, so it will be important that the date and year are included in every entry, including just little bits. If you take small breaks, you still have to do the date and time. Um, date, time is okay, but mostly date and year. You also have to include the purpose of the entry, so if it's a diary or something like that, you have to say this so we can cut it. If you're making a travel log, note it that way, and then we can go in and we can cut out the extemporaneous information. But generally, and also this is probably unlikely, but try to keep extemporaneous information out when recording cases. It can be tempting to speak on personal issues and upcoming plans and all of these things, but these should be marked by a break in recording so that we can cut them and catalog them. Okay? Okay. On to the M&M. You start by following the effect nomenclature when naming this virus. With multiple systems affected, unusual symptoms, and the transformative effects, all evidence suggests that yes, it is probably divine in nature. That said, it is neither your responsibility nor your field of expertise to name these viruses. To start, you use a high machalite defect. So, Mavet, the god of death, is uh, Mahala in language, and it is high Mahala, old, very old. But then you admit yourself that the patient never fully died, therefore this could be Lashana, the god of mutation, or even Shigah, the god of uh, madness. Further, you start with the Negific name. Sorry, I'm getting off track. You start with Negific name, and then you use Virede instead of Nagifa. So if this is Mavet, it would be Maveta Nagifa, not Maveta Viride. That is the high Machalite tongue. If you're going to use that, please make sure that that is how you use it every time. And honestly, don't even get me started on the pathotype and serotype. Allow me to reiterate, this is not your field. I'm sorry, I'm being too harsh. It's, if I'm being too harsh, it is because you are the one who trained me, and you trained me not to make these mistakes. Feel free to make up whatever name you like if it is for your own purposes, but suffice to say, your names, while colorful, likely will not be the designation that we use. Moving on, you refer to patient zero as non-presenting. Better to use the term asymptomatic carrier. It is a small nitpick, but it's important to have consistency. Next, you mention jaundice as a potential complication. How exactly does this virus affect the liver? Uh, you, you mentioned that this occurs if the GI tract is the initial infection site, but I fail to see how and why this virus would move from the stomach to the liver. Uh, maybe through the pancreas? This doesn't exactly hold up. And most likely, the liver failure is a possible complication because it is a bloodborne disease and the contact with the bloodstream uh, might affect hepatic function. 
but they're not certain in all cases, maybe. And more than likely, if contaminated fluids are ingested, infection would occur via the mucous membranes, and therefore would probably be in the blood anyway. You've been in the field a long time, so I can't blame you for not being, you know, up to date on the latest research. On to my next, and possibly most important point. Why in the name of laws did you prescribe anticoagulants to a patient suffering from self-inflicted wounds? Now, assuming I'm correct, and this disease can infect the liver, and did in this case, it certainly makes sense that you might prescribe anticoagulants, since clotting factors are produced by the liver, but if a patient is not presenting with blood clots specifically, do not prescribe anticoagulants. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, and maybe you thought his uh, severely lowered body temperature and the reduced heart rate uh, came with increased risk of clotting? And that would sort of make sense. I I'm not sure. But please be cautious when treating patients. These lives are in your hands. This is not the Toveran faith, where patients freely submit themselves for infection that they might be studied. We hold ourselves to a higher standard, your standard, the standard you established. And I'm sorry, while I'm on the subject, no contract obviates you of your responsibility as a physician. The idea that you would allow a man to infect himself and not treat him is... Well, it's disappointing, Master. It's very, very disappointing. I mean, I can understand trying to respect these people's funereal rights. They are showing you their hospitality, after all. And you wouldn't do to insult them, but... You didn't even do that. You made fun of them. I know you don't like to talk about your age. And time is catching up. It might be time for you to come home. Rest a little. <clears throat> These Nagific viruses are baffling. With most morbidities, a single system is targeted. It, you know, you have your upper respiratory system, uh, GI tract, nervous system, etc. Yet, I mean, this Mavetta virus, you say it moves between systems, and I don't want to believe that. Because with a 35% mortality, even if only half of those exposed became infected, the devastation this could cause in a major city, I don't even want to think about it. I wish we could do more. We have your samples, but without a full-body autopsy or a live body to examine, we cannot corroborate your findings on this. So the case study will have to be flagged as pending review. I'm glad you're pursuing this patient zero, though. It is important that we find him and treat him. But please be careful. You're neither a bounty hunter nor a crusader. And while Ian may be a strapping young lad, he is not equipped to subdue an unwilling and likely highly contagious patient. If you find this man, and he is not cooperative, you have my authorization to open a line of credit in the Institute's name. That way you can hire some local toughs, and maybe they can help you subdue him. But make no mistake, if we have any means of obtaining this man for humane study, it could be a massive boon to the Institute. It is my finding that your behavior in this case was questionable, but not unwarranted. You've been in the field for a long time, as I mentioned. And considering what I've heard thus far, I'm sending this recording along with some of our latest research. If you find the opportunity, please consider informing yourself and sending your reviews back by courier. This package should arrive in Jostok just before your arrival. That is, if Yalat can be trusted not to whore and drink his way through so far. 
this has been the Edom Masvah with morbidity and mortality for K001. Signing off. Oh, P.S., I think. These water spools are expensive. Try not to use them up on diaries. Thank you for listening to this mini-episode errata for the Heresies of Red Elf Burnt One. Written, voiced, and edited by myself, Zachary Golden, with special thanks to Crystal Ebert for helping me with medical inaccuracies. In the future, these errata may well end up on Patreon as one of the rewards for backers, along with a growing collection of subplot episodes about the Red Elf Burnt Wine Institute and its inhabitants. On the 1st of February... I will be releasing Case 002, The Hounds of Nistrad Keep. And until then, you have my thanks, dear stranger. <laughs>